All right, time to take flight, drone of Arcadia. Oh, Amber Tamblin. I love that show. Now married to David Cross. Can I have a turn? I want a turn. No. Hey, does Cleveland have a bald spot? No. Hey, what's this do? Check it out. Here comes a hawk. Uh-oh. What's happening? Ah! No! I don't think this is consensual! You have rain delays, you have lightning delays, you have snow delays, but I don't think I have ever seen a drone delay. But it's 2020, and obviously everything is weird and nothing makes sense. Welcome to a Wednesday morning edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, your host. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Want to remind you to write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. It helps out our metrics tremendously, and make sure that you tell a friend to tell another friend about the show. Got it? Good. There will be a test on that tomorrow. Our opening segment today. Here's a couple of news items that I want to get into before the recaps. So we got to find out some of the Cardinals' names that tested positive. Those names included Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, Edmundo Sosa, Rangel Ravello, Junior Fernandez, and Cody Whitley. So good on those Cardinals, especially Yadier Molina, to make this public. They didn't have to, but they decided to. And we all figured out that there were a certain amount of Miami Marlins that were absent from the roster. All you had to do was compare the roster a week and a half ago to the roster that was on the field tonight. And the Marlins did come back tonight, which is good. Who tested positive for COVID-19 and who did not? Pablo Lopez, who I got to work with in the Mariners minor league system, started tonight's ball game. He was supposed to start the Marlins' fourth game of the year. So good that he did not test positive. There are a couple of players on there that I do know that did test positive. So I am hoping that they are feeling better. And remember, just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean you can't spread it. And I think one story that hasn't been talked about enough is Eduardo Rodriguez, who basically has a heart issue that won't pump his blood properly. And because of COVID-19, he's not going to be able to pitch this year, even though he's recovered from COVID-19. But COVID has left him with potentially permanent heart damage, and that is a big deal. So remember, when you're talking about guys who test positive, it's not just another number. Even if guys recover, there are other lingering health issues that could prove to be problematic. So when you talk about the Cardinals that test positive, you wish that they recover quickly, and you wish that they have no lingering symptoms, but remember This disease doesn't care, and there might be some lingering health effects. Sean Doolittle warned us about this over a month ago. And I hope for his sake, and I hope for his health, that Eduardo Rodriguez gets to pitch again. He won't pitch this year for the Red Sox. If he's on a mound in 2021, that's a very good sign. If he's not on a pitching mound in 2021, and he is a Major League caliber baseball player, then something has gone seriously wrong and we have to heed the side effects of what COVID leaves behind more seriously than we are now. 
and I say more seriously than we are now in relation to how society is viewing the side effects of COVID-19, not myself personally. I am immunocompromised. That's why when I talk about this, I am as serious as I am. So the Cardinals are out of action until at least Friday. How many guys are going to replace Yadier Molina, Paul DeYoung, and the rest of those fellows on the roster remains to be seen. The Marlins were back in action last night, and it was good to see them back, even though their roster is just a makeshift bunch of guys that came up from their minor leagues, were acquired in trades for cash considerations, or signed off the scrap heap. So we're going to start off with the Marlins as our first highlight of the day. But our last subject in our headline segment is Joe Madden announced that Shohei Otani is not going to pitch again this year. He is day-to-day in regards to being a designated hitter. Everybody was wowing over Shohei Otani when he came over from Japan prior to the 2018 season. The two-way guy, a revolutionary baseball player, somebody that we hadn't seen since two-way guys were a more common thing way back in the early days of baseball. Shohei Otani has proven that he can't stay healthy as a pitcher, and it's sad because when you're talking about guys that didn't reach their full potential. You could go through a list of hundreds of guys over the years that had all the talent in the world, but because of injuries or off-the-field problems, never reached their full potential. I believe that Shohei Otani, when his career is all said and done, is going to go down as the guy that never lived up to his potential because as a pitcher, he could never stay healthy. His two outings this year were abject disasters, He didn't get through two innings in either one. He didn't record an out in his season debut. And I question whether or not Shohei Otani is going to pitch again. Time will tell if he is on a mound in 2021, like we said with Eduardo Rodriguez, that's a good sign. I don't know, though, if the Angels, who have put a lot of money into Shohei Otani, are going to be willing to sacrifice his hitting to try him again as a pitcher. You have got to keep this guy healthy and protect your investment in the offensive player. Because of whatever his issues might be in his elbow, you might just have to have him be a DH for the rest of this year and potentially all of next year. I do wonder, though, if Otani was going to be ready on opening day back in April and had ramped up fully, how did all of this layoff time affect his recovery from Tommy John surgery and building himself back up to be a major league caliber pitcher. I hope that Shohei Otani is on a mound again, but it is relevant, at least for right now, that he is not. I said we're going to start with the Marlins. We are going to start with the Marlins, who were back on the field after over a week off from playing Major League Baseball due to 19 players and staff affected due to positive coronavirus tests. We go to Baltimore for the Marlins and the Orioles. Bottom third of the order due up for the Orioles in the eighth. Aguilar with a drive. Oh, my goodness. Whoa, long gone for Jesus Aguilar, his third of the year. Another insurance run for the Marlins. Not only do the Marlins come back with a win, they come back with a shutout win. 4-0 over the Orioles at Oriole Park. Marlins are 3-1. Orioles are 5-4. 
Pablo Lopez gets the win. He is 1-0. John Means takes the loss. He is 0-1. Lopez goes five shutout, allows two hits, no walks, and seven strikeouts. Marlins pitching had 11 strikeouts in total. John Means goes four and two-thirds innings, allows one run on two hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. The recap offensively, it was a scoreless ball game until the top of the fifth inning when Francisco Cervelli hit his first homer of the year. In the top of the sixth inning, John Birdie had an RBI single to make it 2 to nothing, and then Logan Forsyth reached on a fielder's choice that scored a run to make it 3 to nothing. Jesus Aguilar, who did not test positive, hit his third homer of the year to make it 4 nothing in the top of the eighth inning. Baltimore was held to just three hits in the ball game. John Birdie goes 2 for 4 with an RBI and a run scored. Nobody else had multiple hits for the Marlins. Aguilar goes one for four with his solo homer. Austin Hayes goes two for three for Baltimore. He had two of their three hits. We talked about off the top that there was a drone delay. That was in the Twins and Pirates game. But despite the delay, Minnesota just kept on rolling. That's a fair ball over the bag. Cruz around third, he'll score. Rosario to third, he'll be held. And Sano with another extra base hit makes it two to nothing. No homers today for the Bomba squad, but they were in command from the start. Three runs in the first inning, one in the second, and they never trailed in the ball game, beating the Pirates seven to three. Twins are now nine and two. They've won five in a row. Pirates are two and nine. They have the worst record in all of Major League Baseball. The winning pitcher, Jose Barrios, he is one and one. Joe Musgrove takes the loss. He is 0 and three. Barrios goes six innings of one-run baseball, four hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. Musgrove allows five runs on six hits in three and a third innings, five walks, and two strikeouts. Pirates pitching walked eight in the game. We'll recap the Twins scoring for you. In the bottom of the first inning, Eddie Rosario had an RBI single, Miguel Sano with an RBI double, and Luis Arias on a sack fly. In the bottom of the second inning, Nelson Cruz had an RBI single to make it 4-0 Minnesota. Gregory Polanco hit a sack fly in the top of the fourth inning to make it 4-1 in favor of Minnesota, but Rosario came through with another single to make it 5-1 Twins in the bottom of the fourth. In the bottom of the fifth inning, Byron Buxton had a sack fly, and Max Kepler had a sack fly to make it 7-1 in favor of the Twins. Pirates added on two runs late. They did not make a difference. Offensively for the Twins, Max Kepler has no at-bats. He has one RBI and two runs scored. He walked four times and had a sacrifice fly. Nelson Cruz goes three for four with an RBI and a run scored. Eddie Rosario two for four with two RBI and a run scored. Byron Buxton one for three with an RBI and a run scored. Phillip Evans goes three for five for Pittsburgh with an RBI. Eric Gonzalez goes three for four with a run scored for Pittsburgh. Well, the Twins, as we said, are 9-2. and two. Another team that is giving them a run for their money on the National League side in the Central is the Chicago Cubs, and they got to fly the W once again against the Kansas City Royals at Wrigley Field. Long pause at the belt, and Hayward drives it to deep right. Way back there, it's gone! And the Cubs have the lead. 
The Cubs used three home runs and another stellar pitching performance from Kyle Hendricks to edge the Royals 5-4. Chicago is 9-2. Kansas City is 3-9. The winner, Kyle Hendricks, he is 2-1. Hendricks goes seven innings of two-run baseball, seven hits allowed, no walks, and three strikeouts. Cubs pitching did not issue a walk in the game. The loser for Kansas City, Brady Singer, he is 0-1. Singer allows four runs on five hits in five innings, two walks, and eight strikeouts. Kyle Ryan picks up the save for the Cubs. His first, he goes two-thirds of an inning, allows one hit, no walks and no strikeouts. By the way, it was Craig Kimbrell that came in to start the ninth inning, but Kimbrell was awful once again as he gives up two runs on two hits in a third of an inning. He did strike out a batter. To recap for the Cubs and the Royals, Kansas City got on the board in the top of the second inning on an RBI single from Adalberto Mondesi. Jason Hayward then, in the bottom of the inning, gave the Cubs a 2-1 lead with a two-run homer. Cubs extended the lead to 4-1 in the bottom of the fourth on a two-run homer from Jason Kipnis, his second of the year. Royals got it back to 4-2 on a sack fly from Jorge Soler, and Wilson Contreras hit a solo homer in the bottom of the eighth, his second of the year, to make it 5-2 Cubs. Offensively for Chicago, the only two players with multiple hits were Jason Hayward, who goes 2-4 with two RBI and two runs scored, and Wilson Contreras, who goes 2-4 with an RBI and two runs scored. Jason Kipnis goes 1-3 with a two-run homer, one run scored, and a walk. For Kansas City, Salvador Perez goes 2-for-4 with two runs scored. Adalberto Mondesi goes 3-for-4 with an RBI and a run scored. The Indians' offense has been in a tailspin over the last few ball games, but they finally got it back in gear today in Cincinnati, but also got a big performance from their ace, Shane Bieber. Yeah. There's a ball hit well. Deep center field. Back is Senzel. At the wall. He's out of room. It's out of here. Finally, a big blow for the Indians, and it's Frodmil Reyes with his first home run of the season, and the Indians take a 4-2 lead. A late Indians rally. They score two in the seventh and two in the eighth as they beat Cincinnati 4-2 at the Great American Ballpark. Indians are 6-6, Reds are 5-6. Shane Bieber picks up the win. He is 3-0. Bieber allows two runs on five hits over seven and two-thirds innings. Walks two, strikes out eight. So Bieber has 35 strikeouts combined in his first three starts this year. That guy is the front runner for the Cy Young Award. Loser is Nate Jones. He is 0-1. He allows two runs in a third of an inning out of the bullpen. He allowed a homer. We will get to that in just a moment. And the save goes to Brad Hand, his third of the year, as he does not allow a run in the ninth inning. We'll go to the bottom of the first. Reds take a 1-0 lead on a Nick Castellanos solo homer, his sixth of the year. Then the Reds double up their lead on a solo homer from Eugenio Suarez in the bottom of the fourth inning. No run score again until the top of the seventh. Cesar Hernandez drives home a run with a single to make it 2-1. And then Jose Ramirez walks with the bases loaded to tie the game up at 2 Top eight, Jones on the hill. That call you just heard, Franmil Reyes with his first homer of the year to make it a 4-2 Cleveland lead. For the Indians offensively, they were limited to just three hits in the ballgame with Reyes going one for four with two RBI and two runs scored. The only other players with hits for Cleveland were Oscar Mercado and Cesar Hernandez. For Cincinnati, they had just five hits, 
nobody had multiple hits, and nobody had multiple RBI. We now take you to Milwaukee for the White Sox and the Brewers. The White Sox were looking to make it six wins in a row, and let's just say they got the job done. Got to be a fastball here, 1-0. Jose rips it to left field and gives the Sox the lead. 3-2 Sox. I will say this, clutch will always remain with Jose Abreu as long as he is in the big leagues. White Sox edge the Brewers 3-2 thanks to that Abreu single. They are 7-4. They have won six in a row after starting the season 1-4. Brewers are 3-5. They have lost two in a row. Lucas Giolito gets the win. He is 1-1. Giolito allows two runs on four hits in six innings. Walks three, strikes out nine. White Sox pitching had 13 strikeouts in the game. The loser, Devin Williams, he is 0-1. He allows one unearned run on one hit that Abreu single in one inning, one walk, and three strikeouts. Alex Colome picks up the save for the White Sox, his third of the year. He allows two hits, leaves the tying and winning runs on base. This was a scoreless ball game until the Brewers got two runs in the bottom of the fifth inning thanks to a Ben Gamble two-run homer that scored Logan Morrison. White Sox tied the game up, though, in the top of the sixth inning on an Eloy Jimenez two-run homer, his third of the year. It was a 2-2 ball game going into the top of the seventh when Jose Abreu gave the White Sox the lead with his go-ahead single. White Sox had 10 hits in the ball game. Luis Robert goes two for four at the top of the lineup with one walk. Obreu, one for five with his one RBI. Eloy Jimenez goes three for four with two RBI and a run scored. White Sox didn't really have any big offensive games from anybody else, but everybody in the top six of the lineup had at least one hit. For the Brewers, Eric Sogard goes two for four in the game. Ben Gamble, one for four with his two-run homer. Logan Morrison, in his return to the Brewers, goes one for two with a run scored. It has been a surprisingly rough start for the Tampa Bay Rays, but against the middling Boston Red Sox, they got back on track at Tropicana Field. Now a fly ball right center field. Bradley on the run, can't get there. He'll chase it all the way to the wall. Susugo scores. Wendell will score. It's a double for Renfro, and the Rays will take a 2-1 lead. Two runs in the fourth inning, two runs in the fifth inning, and one run in the seventh inning. More than enough as Tampa beats Boston 5-1 at the Trop. Rays improve to 5-6. and six. They snap a four-game losing streak. Red Sox are 3-8. and eight. Charlie Morton picks up the win. He is 1-1. One one. Morton allows one run on five hits in five and two-thirds innings. No walks and five strikeouts. The former Ray, Nate Ivaldi, takes the loss. He allows four runs on six hits in five innings, one walk and six strikeouts. Nick Anderson picks up the save, his first of the year. To recap this ball game, the Red Sox got on the board in the top of the second inning thanks to Mitch Moreland's third homer of the year. Rays took a two-run lead in the bottom of the fourth inning on a Hunter Renfro two-RBI double. In the bottom of the fifth, Austin Meadows tripled home a run, and then Brandon Lau singled home Meadows with a single. In the bottom of the seventh inning, G-Man Choi added on a key insurance run with a sacrifice fly. Offensively in the game for Tampa, they had nine hits. Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau both go two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Joey Wendell goes three for four with a run scored. Hunter Renfro one for four with two RBI. For Boston, J.D. Martinez goes two for four. 
Nobody else in the game for Boston had multiple hits. The Nationals, after they had the weekend off, were back in action at home against the New York Mets. Oh, by the way, he mixed in some curveballs last night for you. Josh Harrison deep to left. See you later. How about that for a first knock with your new team? His 54th career home run, 2-0, Nationals. Early offense for the Nationals, one in the first, one in the second, and three in the third. They beat the Mets by a 5-3 score. Nats are at 500, 4-4 record for them. Mets drop to 4-8. Patrick Corbin gets the win. He is 1-0. He allows three runs on eight hits in five and two-thirds innings, one walk and eight strikeouts. Steven Matz takes the loss. He is 0-2. Five runs on seven hits in three innings, no walks and three strikeouts. Daniel Hudson picks up the save, his second as he goes, a scoreless ninth, issued a walk, and struck out two batters. Nationals got on the board in the bottom of the first inning on a Howie Kendrick solo homer, his first of the year, and then got another solo homer from new national Josh Harrison, his first of the year to make it two to nothing. In the bottom of the third, Starlin Castro had an RBI single, Josh Harrison with a sacrifice fly, and Carter Keyboom with an RBI single. That made it five nothing in favor of Washington. Michael Conforto hit a two-run homer in the top of the fourth to make it five to two, and Pete Alonso drove home J.D. Davis to make it five to three in the top of the fifth inning, but no runs were scored by either side the rest of the game. For Washington, Howie Kendrick goes four for four with an RBI and two runs scored. Multi-hit games for both Asdrubal Cabrera, who goes two for four with a run scored, and Starlin Castro, who goes two for four with an RBI and a run scored. Josh Harrison goes one for three with two RBI and a run scored, including his solo homer. For New York, Andres Gimenez goes two for four. He had the only multi-hit game for the Mets. Michael Conforto, one for four with a two-run homer. He scored one run. Another team that was off over the weekend was the Toronto Blue Jays. They were back in action down in Atlanta against the Braves, but the Blue Jays, as you will soon come to find out, were in for a rude awakening. 1-2 pitch. Swing and a fly ball, wallop to center. Gritchick on his horse. To the warning track, to the wall. She is gone. A splashdown homer for Matt Adams, and the Braves have struck first. It was all about the big innings. Two for Atlanta in the second, four in the fifth, and four in the eighth. They pound Toronto 10-1. Braves are 8-4. Blue Jays are 3-5. Winning pitcher Max Fried, he is 2-0. One run on four hits in six innings, two walks and three strikeouts. Matt Shoemaker takes the loss for Toronto. He is 0-1. He allows six runs on six hits in four and two-thirds innings, three walks and two strikeouts. Blue Jays pitching issued seven walks in the ball game. Atlanta scored two in the bottom of the second inning thanks to a Matt Adams solo homer, his second, and a Tyler Flowers solo homer, his first. Blue Jays cut it to 2-1 in the top of the fifth inning on an Anthony Alford RBI single, but in the bottom of the fifth inning, Freddie Freeman had an RBI fielder's choice, and then Austin Riley hit a three-run homer to go from 3-1 to 6-1. In the bottom of the eighth inning, Dansby Swanson had a two-RBI double, Adam Duvall with an RBI single, and Johan Camargo with an RBI double. Thirteen hits in the ballgame for the Braves, just five for Toronto. 
For Atlanta, Ronald Acuna Jr. goes two for three with two runs scored and two walks. Dansby Swanson two for five with two RBI and a run scored. By the way, Swanson already has 13 runs batted in on the season. Austin Riley had three RBI in the ball game. Riley goes one for three with two walks and a run scored. Johan Camargo two for three with an RBI and a run scored. For Toronto, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was the only player with multiple hits as he went two for three. The Colorado Rockies continue to roll, and they got a great pitching performance from Herman Marquez against the Giants at Coors Field on Tuesday night. And as the media, we can join in. Hold on, this ball's lined to deep left, and, and it does get out. A line shot that stuck just to the right of the 347 elevated fence. 4-2 Colorado, back-to-back ball games with a homer for Nolan. That Nolan Arenado homer helped give the Rockies some cushion. They beat the Giants 5-2 at Coors Field. Rockies are 8-2. Giants fall to 5-7. Herman Marquez, as we said, a brilliant performance. He goes seven and a third innings. He allows just two runs on six hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts. He is 2-1. Kevin Gausman takes the loss for the Giants. He is 0-1. He allows four runs on five hits in five and a third innings, one walk and seven strikeouts. Yancy Almonte gets his first save of the year as he goes the final five outs, one hit allowed, no walks and no strikeouts. Rocky struck first in the bottom of the first on a Charlie Blackman sacrifice fly. Then Matt Kemp extended the lead to 2-0 in the bottom of the fourth inning on an RBI ground out. Then Sam Hilliard with an RBI single also in the bottom of the fourth to make it 3-0 Colorado. Giants get two back on a Steven Duggar two RBI double. However, it was an overturned home run call from Duggar, so it would have been a three-run homer. Instead, it's a two-run double. In the bottom of the sixth, Nolan Arenado, as you just heard, extend the lead to 4-2, to two, and Blackman extends the lead to 5-2 with an RBI single in the bottom of the seventh inning. For Colorado, Blackman had a big day, 2-for-3 with 2 RBI and a run scored. Nolan Arenado, 1-for-3 with a solo homer and 2 runs scored. Sam Hilliard, 1-for-4. David Dahl, 1-for-4. Giants had 3 errors in the ball game. Nobody in their lineup had multiple hits. Duggar, 1-for-3 with 2 RBI, the only 2 RBI in the ball game. So the Oakland A's on opening night had a walk-off grand slam. Now, it's very rare to see those, and in a 60-game season, you figure that's the only time one team would do that in a single year, let alone anybody in Major League Baseball. Well, in their game against the Texas Rangers last night, the A's proved that nothing is outside the realm of statistical possibility. Infield in again, outfield in. First pitch is hit in the air to center. Should be plenty deep. Heineman going back. He's still going back. And that baby's gone. Piscotti with a grand slam. Walk off. And the A's have done it again. The A's win 5-1. They would have won the game on a sack fly, but hey, how about a walk-off grand slam from Steven Piscotty? It's the second walk-off grand slam in 11 games for the A's, making them the quickest to have multiple walk-off grand slams of any team in baseball history. They also tie the single-season record for walk-off grand slams by a team, which, by the way, thanks to ESPN Stats and Info, confirmed that there is not a single team ever that has three walk-off grand slams in the same season. 
The winner is Liam Hendricks. He is 1-0. He pitches a scoreless ninth inning, doesn't allow a hit, and strikes out one batter. Edinson Volquez takes the loss. Jesse Chavez gave up the walk-off grand slam, but Volquez goes a third of an inning. He walks two batters, gives up three runs on just one hit. This was a pitcher's duel, though, from both starters. Jesus Lazardo, in his first Major League start, goes five shutout innings, allows two hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. Lance Lynn, meanwhile, goes six and a third innings of one-run baseball, three hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts. This was a scoreless ball game until the top of the sixth inning when Todd Frazier brought home the first run of the game on an RBI double. Matt Chapman then tied the game at one on a solo homer, his second of the year in the bottom of the seventh inning. It remained 1-1 going into the bottom of the ninth inning. A's loaded the bases with nobody out. And with one out, Piscotty delivered the big blow. Statistically for Oakland, they had just six hits in the ballgame. Piscotty goes two for three with those four RBI and one run scored. Tony Kemp with a two for three performance. Matt Chapman goes two for four with an RBI and two runs scored. For Texas, Todd Frazier goes two for four with an RBI. The only other multi-hit game came from Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who goes two for two. A's are seven and four. Rangers are three and six. Now down to San Diego for the Dodgers and the Padres. Lifts this ball to center field and straight away, driving Grisham back at the wall. There it goes. A.J. Pollock's early season tear continues. A leadoff home run here in the ninth. Padres had a 2-0 lead going into the top of the sixth inning, but the Dodgers then tied the game with two in the sixth, then took the lead with a run in the seventh, added on insurance runs in the eighth and the ninth to beat San Diego 5-2. Dodgers are 8-4, Padres are 7-5. Dustin May picks up the win. He is 1-0. He allows two runs on just three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts over six innings. The loss goes to Craig Stammen. He is 1-1. He allows an unearned run out of the bullpen in one inning of work. No hits, no walks, and no strikeouts. Kenley Jansen picks up the save, his third of the year, as he goes a perfect ninth with one strikeout. Padres starter Denilson LeMay, by the way, goes five and two-thirds innings, allows one earned run, two total runs on six hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. San Diego got their first run in the bottom of the third inning on a Fernando Tatis Jr. double. Then in the bottom of the fourth, Jake Cronenworth extended the lead with his first homer to make it 2-0. Dodgers tied in the top of the sixth inning on a Corey Seager RBI single. He's only credited for one RBI because of a fielding error from Trent Grisham. That scores the tying run to make it 2-2. In the top of the seventh inning, A.J. Pollock doubles home the go-ahead run. Then in the top of the eighth, Chris Taylor with an RBI single to make it 4-2. And A.J. Pollock then comes up with his third homer in the top of the ninth to make it 5-2 Los Angeles. For the Dodgers, they had just six hits in the ball game, two of them coming from A.J. Pollock who goes 2-for-2 in a pinch-hitting role for Jock Peterson with two RBI and one run scored. Cody Bellinger, who played center field, right field, first base, and then back to center field, goes 2-for-5 with two runs scored. Corey Seager, 1-for-5 with an RBI. Chris Taylor, 1-for-2 with an RBI. For San Diego, they had just four hits in the ballgame. RBI for Tatis and Cronenworth. Single hits for Greg Garcia and Josh Naylor.
Our next stop is in the desert for the Diamondbacks and the Astros. Averaging a 421 on base percentage as Carlos sends one deep to left field. That ball's well driven. That ball's on top of the fence and gone. Carlos Correa hits his second home run of the year. The double play combo has put the Astros in front 2 0. Astros take the lead with three early runs and then put the game away with a five run fifth, beating the Diamondbacks 8 2 at Chase Field. Astros are 6 4, Diamondbacks are 3 8. The winning pitcher, Christian Javier, he is 1-0. He allows one run on four hits in six innings, one walk, and two strikeouts. Madison Bumgarner falls to 0-2. He allows eight runs, seven earned on seven hits in four and a third innings, two walks, two strikeouts. He allows two homers. The first of those homers came in the top of the first inning on a Jose Altuve solo shot, his second of the year. Carlos Correa then made it 2-0 with a solo homer in the top of the second, and the Astros added on a third run on a George Springer sacrifice fly. In the bottom of the fourth inning, Eduardo Escobar had an RBI single to make it 3-1, but then came the big fifth inning. Josh Reddick reached on a fielder's choice and then a run scored thanks to a throwing error from Madison Bumgarner. Kyle Tucker then singled home a run. Martin Maldonado walked in a run, and then George Springer doubled home two runs to make it 8-1 in favor of Houston. Astros had 10 hits in the ball game. Going through the box score, Carlos Correa goes 3-for-3 with two runs scored, an RBI, and two walks. Kyle Tucker goes 2-for-5 with an RBI and a run scored. George Springer goes 1-for-4 but has three runs batted in in the ball game. And Martin Maldonado goes 0-for-2 but has two walks and one RBI. For Arizona, Andy Young 2-for-2 with a run scored. David Peralta 2-for-4. Nobody else in the ball game had multiple hits for the Diamondbacks. Our final game of the night, we head to the Pacific Northwest for the Angels and the Mariners. Pujols hammers one. Out to left field. That one is gone. Big fly for the machine. Three-nothing Halos. Angels ride three home runs to a 5-3 victory over the Mariners at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Angels are 4-7. Mariners are 4-8. Andrew Haney earns the win. He is 1-0. Haney goes five and two-thirds innings, allows one run on three hits, walks four, though, does strike out three. Justin Dunn takes the loss. He is 0-1. Dunn allows three runs on three hits in four innings, walks four, and strikes out four. Ty Buttry gets the save, his first of the year. He goes an inning and a third of scoreless relief. Angels score three right off the bat in the top of the first inning. Mike Trout, returning from paternity leave, hits a solo homer his second to make it 1-0 Angels. Albert Pujols hits his third homer of the year, a two-run blast to make it 3-0. Austin Nola cuts the Mariner deficit to 3-1 with an RBI triple, but David Fletcher in the top of the fifth inning hits a two-run homer to make it 5-1 Los Angeles. Dylan Moore hits a solo homer in the bottom of the seventh inning to make it 5-2, and Austin Nola comes through with a single to make it 5-3, but the Mariners are not able to get any closer than that. For the Angels, David Fletcher goes one for four with two RBI that came on his homer, one run scored. Albert Pujols' two-run homer, he goes one for four. Mike Trout, one for three with a walk, a solo homer, and one run scored. For the Mariners, the only multi-hit performances come from Austin Nola, who goes two for three with two RBI, and Dylan Moore, who goes two for four with an RBI and a run scored. 
That is your recap for Tuesday, August 4th. Now let's take a look at today's ball games. Who cares? Let's check it out. Check it out! We will start out with a doubleheader in Philadelphia between the Phillies and the Yankees. A reminder, the Yankees are the home team for the first game. The Phillies are the home team for the second game. Game one is scheduled to start at 4.05 Eastern time. Zach Wheeler goes for Philadelphia, 1-0 with a 1.29 ERA. Yankees have not yet announced a starter. Game two, no scheduled start time. Phillies will go with Aaron Nola, who is 0-1 with a 6.75 ERA. Yankees have also not announced their starter. Yankees are 8-1, Phillies are 1-3. 5.05 Eastern time in Baltimore, the 3-1 Marlins against the 5-4 Orioles. It'll be Eliezer Hernandez for Miami making his season debut against Alex Cobb for Baltimore. Cobb 1-0 with a 2.89 ERA. 6.05 Eastern time start in D.C., Rick Porcello and the 4-8 Mets against Max Scherzer in the 4-4 Nationals. Porcello 0-1 with a 13-5 ERA. Scherzer 0-1 with a 2-8-4 ERA. 6-40 Eastern time in Tampa Bay. 3-8 Red Sox at the 5-6 Rays. Martin Perez for Boston. He is 1-1 with a 5-0-6 ERA. Ryan Yarbrough for Tampa Bay. 0-1 with a 1-5-4. 7-0-5 Eastern time in Pittsburgh. 9-2 9-2 Twins against the 2-9 Pirates. Randy Dobnak for Minnesota. He is 1-1 with a flat 1 ERA. Trevor Williams for Pittsburgh. He is 0-2 with a 5-40 ERA. 7-10 Eastern time start in Atlanta. 3-5 Blue Jays against the 8-4 Braves. Hinjin Ryu for Toronto. 0-1 with an ERA of 8. Sean Newcomb for Atlanta. No record. An ERA of 8.22. 7-10 Eastern time start in Cleveland. 5-6 Reds at the 6-6 six six Indians. TJ Antone for Cincinnati. No record at 208 ERA. Mike Clevenger for Cleveland. 0-1 of 491 ERA. 7-05 Central time in Kansas City. 9-2 Cubs at the 3-9 Royals. Hugh Darvish for Chicago. 1-1 record at 270 ERA. Chris Bubich for Kansas City. 0-1 with a 4-5 ERA. 7-10 start at U.S. Cellular Field. Yes, I know it's guaranteed rate field. Old habits die hard. 3-5 Brewers at the 7-4 White Sox. Adrian Hauser from Milwaukee. No record of 1-8 ERA. Dallas Keuchel for Chicago. 2-0 with 3-3-8 earned run average. 6-40 Mountain Time in Colorado. 5-7 Giants at the 8-2 Rockies. Logan Webb for San Francisco, no record at 235 ERA. John Gray for Colorado, no record at 261 earned run average. 610 Pacific Time start in Arizona. 6-4 Astros at the 3-8 Diamondbacks. Lance McCullers Jr. for Houston, 1-0 with a 5-4 ERA. Robbie Ray for Arizona, 0-2 with an 8-6-4 earned run average. 6-10 Pacific Time start in San Diego. 8-4 Dodgers at the 7-5 Padres. Ross Stripling for L.A., 2-0 record at 2.92 ERA. Garrett Richards for San Diego, no record at 3.38 earned run average. 6-10 start at the Coliseum in Oakland. Kyle Gibson and the 3-6 Rangers against Sean Manaya and the 7-4 A's. Gibson 0-1 with no runs allowed. Manaya 0-2 with an ERA of 7. 6:40 Pacific Time in Seattle. Four and seven Angels against the four and eight Mariners. Julio Terran will make his season debut for Los Angeles. Marco Gonzalez goes for Seattle. 
Gonzalez 1-1 one one with a 2.53 earned run average. By the way, I'm an idiot. Yes, that's how I'm going to end this podcast. It's a doubleheader between the Orioles and the Marlins. The Orioles are the home team for Game 1. The Marlins are the home team for Game 2. Marlins haven't announced their starter for Game 2. For Baltimore, it'll be Asher Wojciechowski. Wojciechowski is 0-1 with a 7-2-0 earned run average. That is it. That is all for this edition of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and as always, we will catch you in the AM.